0: This episode of the Knicks Film School podcast is brought to you by our new sponsor, Oakley. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me. Try it for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life, and I can assure you that Oakley is not just the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to oakley.com for more information today.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Knicks Film School off-season live stream. I am your host for this hour, Chris Percyinen, and I'm very excited to have you here. It's going to be really cool to sit and just do Q&A about anything. I always do Q&A, and I always do it about the draft. And I know some of you out there, um, I am honored that some of you out there rely on my draft coverage Um to know about the draft, which is cool, but then you have questions about the draft and, and, and you don't get to really hear my, my thoughts on other stuff. Um, and so I'm very excited to talk to you guys about whatever it is you want to talk about, no matter what it is, Knicks related or anything related, honestly, I'm here for it. Ask me it. um, and I'm hyped to be back with you guys. After the last time I saw you was just four days ago for the NBA draft, but it already feels like a month ago. So, welcome into this wonderful KFS live stream. Allow me to tweet the link really quick. Um, bring questions! Exclamation point. Okay. Little on on site producing. Welcome, everyone. It is so awesome to have you. If you're just joining, I'm Chris Percy Einan here to ask any and all questions, answer any and all great start, KP. Answer any and all questions that you guys have about the New York Knicks, about the National Basketball Association, about the best Chipotle bowl order, or like you name it, I'm here for it. Talk to me. Let's hear it. APJP, my man. Let's get the questions rolling. Let's hear from these people. Will, hi, Chris. Do any teams stand out as threats to you in the East that most may not be thinking about? Also, I don't think this has been reported, but you give off similar vibes as Dante DiVincenzo, except you're nicer. <laughs> Thanks, Will. Um, I'll take that as a compliment because Dante is an NBA professional and very cool. So I I will take that as a compliment. Um, If anyone's ever seen his old tweet about soccer, that (laughs) I can't relate to that. But other than that, love Dante. Um, And I'm sure he's a nice guy. I'm sure he's a nice guy. Thanks, Will, though. I, I will say teams in the East I think that um, Boston has a shot to be the best team in the NBA. So that's you know that's a hot take early. Nuggets probably losing Brucey e. Brown. We'll see how they recover. But you know, um, other than that, Eastern Conference standings. I-, I gotta say, it's the usual fighters. It's it's the teams that have been up there. Um, I would expect the Heat to bring the Heat. I would expect the Bucs to play like they have Giannis Antetokounmpo on their team. Um, if they lose Lopez to Houston on a monster offer, you can expect some regression from Milwaukee, but they're still going to be good. Um, Philadelphia, real question mark for me. You know, I feel like James Harden has always been a second round exit or somewhere around there. Joel Embiid has literally always been a second round exit. <sighs> New version of Doc Rivers and Nick Nurse. Um, we'll see what they can do over there. I think Philly is boomer bust. I think either they're the number one seed and they look good and then probably still fizzle in the playoffs or they're like the fourth or fifth seed and just don't get it together. Yeah. Um, So we'll, we'll see how that plays out as for teams that will sneak up. You know, I think the Knicks had the, I know the Knicks had the third best record in the NBA after the heart trade. I don't think that'll sustain itself over a full season because they really got energized and juiced up, but man, I think the Knicks can be a 48 win team this next season. I predicted them for 42 wins this year and they blew me out of the water by, by a couple points there. So I'm going to go, you know, 48, wins for these Knicks next year, and and that's going to be a team that is a threat in the East that many may not be thinking about. I know on Knicks Film School, you're all thinking of the Knicks at all times because that's what we do over here, but um, I do think on a national NBA landscape that the Knicks are a threat in the East that are maybe being under-considered just a tad, just a little bit. Uh, Other than that, I'm really trying to think of other teams that could arise. I don't see Atlanta doing it. If Bay is the four, can't see it. Can't see Brooklyn. Can't see Charlotte. Definitely can't see Chicago. Cleveland. Cleveland. They got to get their defense together. Um, the Pistons not going to do it. The Pacers definitely not going to do it. It's the Heat. It's the Bucks. It's the Knicks. It's the Sixers. The Orlando Magic could be a like a six seed at best maybe that'll age like milk in the sun but they don't strike me as a threat to the eastern conference this year going forward sure project them as one because they are one going forward thanks for the question will and, and for the nice note as part of it appreciate it dirty dancer what's going on nice to see you in the stream how you doing what players are worth giving up complete control of your draft picks for the next six to seven years? You're coming with the heat. Y'all coming with the heat early. Whoa. Let's go. Let's go. I love this question. Okay. I'm going to go look through top NBA players. Cause I have my list in my head. I just know that knowing myself, I'm missing someone. That's just how I am because I am a forgetful. Person Luka Doncic. All right, we got to set the scene first. You only give up complete control of your draft picks for the next six to seven years if you are adding a star to one to two other stars. You cannot, cannot, cannot not have any stars and go, well, let's go all in on this guy. And if it doesn't go well, we're screwed. So for me, Luka Doncic is someone you want as your first guy. But if you already have two stars, I'm having trouble imagining a world where Luka is the perfect third one. You know what I mean by that? Because he doesn't play off the ball and he doesn't defend. Um, He's otherworldly in the other areas of the game. But if you already had an Embiid and a Harden, are you looking to get Doncic? If you already have a Garland Mitchell Mobley, are you looking at... like That's a tough one for me. Luka you do it technically, but I actually don't get a scenario. I don't, I can't foresee one where he would be like the second or third star to be added to a team that would then be in title contention mode. So, yeah, Um Luca, I'm going to go with. I, uh, you know, could we do like green, red, yellow light stoplight game? I'm going to go yellow for Luca. You got to have the right setup. Really got to make sure you're good. All right, and then do it. LeBron James, my childhood in a player. Red light, too old. Can't do it. Nikola Jokic, best player in the NBA today. That's a green light. Giannis Antetokounmpo. I don't care what happened this season. We can't scrutinize these single season outcomes like they mean the world because it's convenient for agendas to ignore the last three, four years. Giannis is a green light, and that's just that. Joel Embiid, yellow light. <sighs> can't. I can't be all in. And, you know, it's not just because of the injury concerns. It's because he's so ball dominant that I'm not confident that without a style of change of play, a change of style of play from Embiid and Luca, that either of them are, are green lights here. And I know that's crazy to people and whatever. And I'm just going to hold tight because I was saying Booker over Doncic last year and I looked so stupid <laughs> in the playoffs. <laughs> I looked really loudly stupid and now I don't look so stupid. So we got to, you know, I, I'm not going to run a 5k of victory laps. We got to let things play out. These guys are all young. Kevin Durant, red light. Brooklyn swept in the first round by Boston. Tatum's a better player today. Um, Phoenix loses to Denver in six. Put up a good fight because Devin Booker was the second best player in the playoffs as the Detroit Pistons plan to pick up Alec Burks' $10.5 million option for 24, according to Mr. Wojnowski. Jeremy, just after your stream, man. Sorry, dude. Steph Curry. Because of his specific skill set and how it will translate to his older age, he's the only guy over 30. I'm probably going to green light. You just do it because that is something. Yes, he has the quick twitch, but you can't. It's the skill, man. It's the skill. Tatum. Tatum. I'm going to give him a green light primarily because of age and projection. Um, but he's a guy where I'm con- I'd am i be considering yellow because you need to make sure you have the rest set up. But that goes for everyone. So I'm going to go green light for Tatum. Damian Lillard. Red light. Don't do it. In my opinion, he's on the wrong side of 30. He's a small guard. Terry Stotts ground his knees into chalk for a decade. <laughs> I just can't. Injuries come out of nowhere, and I'm not sitting here trying to predict injuries. But if you're placing me hypothetically in charge of a multi-million dollar business, I'm gonna th- try to think about who might get hurt. Um, and Rillard, Lillard's a, a Lillard's a red light, LRL. Lillard red light. Okay, Shea Gilgis Alexander, triple green, double green, whatever you want to say. Anthony Davis, whew. yellow light. Jimmy Butler, yellow light, wrong side of 30. John Morant, red light, don't do it. Unless you're a team like Orlando. Anthony Black, Markel Fultz, and firsts on a real sell low for Memphis. Kawhi, God bless. (laughs) Red light, can't do it. Zion, God bless. Red light, can't do it. Devin Booker same as Shea triple green light Donovan Mitchell I go yellow light it was a red for me last offseason for the Knicks this offseason now that they're clearly in a better position as a franchise gonna go yellow light gotta consider the fit with Brunson Kyrie red Harden red Jalen Brown red Trey Young red Paul George red De'Aaron Fox red and so for me I'm going to go with the final list. I'll cut it off there. I think that's like the top 20 ish guys obviously left out Brunson and Randall because neither of them would apply here. Nikola Jokic, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Stephen Curry, Jason Tatum, Shea Gilgis, Alexander and Devin Booker. That's my list. That's the list. All right. Apjp, thanks for hanging with me on that long answer to my audience. Thanks for hanging with me on that long answer. I just, you guys know how I get, I, I get anxious. I don't want to say something I don't mean. So I had to really, I, can I show you guys that I just actually wrote this all out for our audio listeners? The paper you hear crinkling is um my plans to take over an NBA franchise one day. All right, JP, next question. If we got one. Ben Kim Gurvey, What's going on, man? I, we got the, we got the, the family members in the chat today. Not literally no nepotism here at KFS, but Ben's always so supportive in the live streams. He's my family. You guys all are, you guys know I get all sentimental on the live streams. Hey, Chris, who are your mid season season acquisition hopes from the past couple drafts that haven't had a chance to play where they were drafted? Wow. Great question. Um, off the top of my head, Jonathan Kuminga. <laughs> like I think Jonathan Kuminga is baby Aaron Gordon. I think he can have the impact that AG just had for the Nuggets for a good team one day. Um, who else? I would go with Trey Mann. He's been really rough in his early minutes. And so OKC, okay, because they kind of are decent, has cut them, you know, over time. I think he's worth two second rounders and sending to Westchester to be a superstar, you know, whatever, like guys with that natural talent this is the time now to to try it out. See, see if you can be the team to reap the benefits. Um, Isaiah Jackson doesn't get treated like a future stud starting center. And I think he should. So I'm going to go Isaiah Jackson. And I'm going to go JT Thor. JT Thor, drafted by the Hornets in 2021. Incredible athletic talent. And I just think that Charlotte's kind of a mess. And so they kind of get this filter on all their young players of, well, it might not be their fault. Um, For the 2020 draft, I'm going to go with Onyeka (laughs) Kongwu. Obi Toppin. Can the Knicks trade for Obi Toppin? (laughs) Can they unzip Obi from the Trevor Ariza suit they've had him wearing for three seasons? and draft Obi Toppin and his basketball abilities. Something I would look into. Um, See, a lot of these guys that I used to think were underrated are now very much overrated because they're so mainstream. Xavier Tillman Sr. Great player. Saw him in the playoffs. See, I would have said Isaiah Joe, but the Thunder scooped him up. Um... Okay, I'm going to give the 2022 NBA draft a quick look through for you guys and then get on to the next question. I know I'm giving long answers right now. 2022, it's obviously very early. (sighs) You Gotta be thinking um, Blake Wesley. Macri and I had a Blake Wesley agenda. We weirdly agreed on him. Uh, Bryce McGowan's Charlotte Hornets. Again, Charlotte's kind of a mess. Grizzlies, Vince Williams Jr. Vince Williams Jr. A-10 player, saw him play live, talked to a couple NBA scouts that were at Fordham to see v- uh, Vince Williams live. And he is going to be a guy who just... Like, Todd Gibson's up the league for a decade. I, I, I think Vince Williams Jr. is my answer to this question. Great player. All right, JP, next question. Thanks, Ben, for the question. Thanks, Dirty Dancer, for the question. Appreciate you guys a ton. Benjamin, my guy, what's up? Hello. Hello, man. Hello to you. Nice to see you in here, dude. How, how can the Knicks improve to go to the Eastern Conference Finals? Move seems to be to the margins so far. Is there a path to improve significantly in this offseason? Yes. Technically, Paul George and Zach Levine are both still on the table. Um, I think Paul George is unlikely for New York at this juncture. I, I think Zach Levine remains a possibility, um, but Rich Paul just really doesn't like that. Rich Paul really does not like that. And and so, you know, it's kind of tough for me to say the Knicks even have a shot at a player because I I think regardless of whether or not they have the best offer, uh, Rich Paul is going to get Chicago to do everything they can and not care. Um, Also, not sure how much longer Rich Paul's thoughts are going to matter for. So, we'll see how we'll see how that goes ben i would say the easiest path in my opinion is the the tree of internal development what can you harvest from there can quickly be himself that he was in the regular season in next year's playoffs can grimes stay healthy for the playoffs and give you that aspect of the game for the whole playoffs can randall be himself now, with, with more offensive talent burgeoning on the team, um, can R.J. Barrett apply his playoff play to the regular season? You know, I, I think that internal development is the answer that a lot of. Um, impatient relatively impatient fans. I'm not trying to call that group of people impatient in a vacuum. I'm just saying, compared to the part of the fan base that dealt with a terrible rushed team for so long uh, at Madison square garden, that they're now willing to see out a legitimate rebuild and not clamor for whatever name brand player is on the market. Um, you know, you got half of Nick's Twitter, who sees a Kyle Kuzma rumor and doesn't even think it could be connected to the Knicks. You got another half that sees a Kyle Kuzma rumor and goes, Leon Rose is sleeping. What's he doing? I don't know. Not signing a third power forward. Remember what happened the last time the Knicks signed five power forwards? Like what, <laughs> what do you want to happen anyway? Um, bring back Hart. Do Jeremy's trade L- RJ quickly, less picks, fewer picks for Levine. Then MLE, DiVincenzo, and there's your upgrade. Um, bet on internal development from quickly. Uh, Hartenstein being healthy for a full season. Having Josh Hart for a full season. Some things I didn't mention earlier. That's another way to improve that. With the moves some of these Eastern teams are making, and if the Bucks lose Brooke Lopez, very well might not leave you too far behind the pack. Thanks, Ben, for the question. Appreciate that. Um, Yes, yes, yes. Great question so far, guys. Thank you for being here. Um, Give if you're on if you're watching on Twitter, shoot this a retweet because I want. I want you guys are killing it with the questions. You guys are you guys are asking. I want I want to see more of these great questions. Will, Chris, last time, short time. What's up, dude? We are linked because Coach Neptune coached both of our schools. Go Cats! Ooh, ooh. Someone's coach is in the news recently. How do you feel about the future of Fordham basketball? Hey, man. Uh, I think first of all, it's a great day to be a Ram. Y'all see that? it's a great day to be a Ram. Let's get that out of the way. Second of all, um, I I think that Fordham basketball is in a great spot. I think that what they're doing in the last, what they've done in the last two years um, is a sign of things to come. And by that, I mean, they played the long game. They decided to just build up the team. And just go fight for recruits, and try to be competitive, and try to win ball games, and do what it takes to win ball games. Fordham was like the seventeen and sixty five Knicks, just wishing upon a star, you know. And, and I, I think that, um, <laughs> it's kind of brutal. When you're stuck in that situation for so long in a conference like the A10, but Fordham really playing it slow and smart recently. I, I do think they take a step back this season because they're going to be playing a harder schedule. And, and so they're not going to replicate the winning percentage from last season. The team to me is going to be just as good as last year's. Um, but I think the record will be worse. Thank you, Will. Good luck with head coach Kyle Neptune and the Villanova Wildcats.
2: God bless.
0: And now, a quick break to tell you about our new sponsor, Bird Dogs. Do you want a pair of shorts that aren't just comfortable, but make you look good? Well, Bird Dogs has just what you need. Their stretch khakis are designed to fit slimmer, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. That's because they aren't like regular shorts, which are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Instead, they invented a cloud knit fabric that looks just like khakis, but stretches. Now, you get a waistlimmer fit fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs also use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all summer long. So I'll ask again, want to look good while being comfortable? Don't hesitate. Head to birddogs.com to check out their full catalog of shorts, pants, and so much more. You can also use the promo code pool to receive a free Yeti style tumbler with your first order. Again, that's birddogs.com. That's bird B I R D Dogs D O G S dot com and promo code pool P O O L to receive a free Yeti style tumbler with your first order. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Football friends,
1: what's going on? Um, How we doing? I can't say that's a name I've ever heard before. Um, I'm. I, you mean Billups? I'm going I'm to go ahead and ask for the next question here. I've got nothing on that. Don't want to get caught in like a BOFA joke. Uh, Zach, in the chat, what is going on, my man? Zach, how we doing? Thank you for the super chat. Really, really appreciate that, first of all. Nice to see you in here, man. Thanks for the support. Hey, Chris, what do you make of? Hey, Zach, what do you make of Anthony Edwards and OG, uh oh, OG Ananobi leaving Clutch? Is there more to the story? Who we. Um, I'm trying to think of how to like PR phrase this. Trouble in Paradise over in Clutchland. Land. Um, Omar Wilkes. Big time agent for them, recently left. And so two of his clients, Anthony Edwards and OG Ananobi, left clutch as well. A lot of people, including, you know, someone in my mentions the other day, tried brushing off Edwards and Ananobi leaving as just a product of the agent leaving. Which is like, I suppose, correct. Here's the thing. There's a very simple question that nobody is asking that reveals so much. (laughs) Got to do my wind horse impersonation here. Now, why would the agent leave? Why would a clutch power agent leave clutch? It's very expensive to run an agency and to have talent scouts and to have agents making commission and all it's very expensive. And I don't think clutch is in the best spot financially. This led to them having to let go or not let go part ways with Omar Wilkes led to them losing Edwards and Ananobi. This will lead to, in my opinion, further discombobulation over at clutch. Um, And I'll say this, there is an agency out there by the name of United talent agency, UTA. Everyone knows UTA that already owns a little bit of clutch. I wouldn't be too surprised if, if we find out soon that they're buying the rest of it at a, discounted price because of the debt that clutch has if you watch succession or t- did business school you're hanging with me right now um but this would not be a merger it would be an acquisition and that is because clutch has trouble in paradise um i've been told behind the scenes that rich paul has already begun stepping back from day-to-day basketball responsibilities at, at clutch um, if i had to make an educated guess as to what he's been working on i I would think he's laying the groundwork to sell clutch and prepare to buy a basketball team with post-retirement LeBron James. I think that's what's next on the docket. WME, that's Bill Duffy, Zach Levine's ex-agent, RJ Barrett's current agent. Bill Duffy is going to be a powerhouse going forward. UTA is going to be a powerhouse going forward. And of course, Nick fans, beloved CAA will remain a powerhouse going forward. But Clutch is in trouble. Um, Just don't, you know, just just as stars keep leaving, as more people keep leaving Clutch, New Orleans Noel just sued them a year ago for not paying attention to him. Um, as, as soon as as soon as this goes down, um, yeah, get ready for the Las Vegas Vipers or whatever they're called to be owned by LeBron James with Rich Paul doing Will Wesley's job of executive VP of basketball operations. Zach, thanks for the super chat. See how those scoops age, but uh, I trust what I'm hearing on that end. APJP. Let's do it. Jacob Slavitt, my guy, what's going on? Jacob, it is so nice to see you in here in all the streams. Thank you for supporting. Thank you for commenting. Thank you for super chatting. Thank you for being here. You're the best dude. Thank you. Thank you guys for super chatting today. I really appreciate it. As you guys know, the bacon, egg and cheese fund is is sparse and (laughs) little within, um, Especially if I go to Summer League, then there will be no bacon, egg, and cheese fund because my parents are not paying for that. Jacob Slavitt, let's read your super chat. I can't take another spider. Will he, won't he summer? Oh my gosh. I mean, you know, you think the guy would look up to Damian Lillard because Johnny Bryant trained them both in their youth, but you didn't think he would look up to Damian Lillard so much that he wanted to be the bell of the ball in trade negotiations every summer. I mean, he's taking the page right out of his book. He's seeing the guys on the market. He knows he's locked up with the team and he asks the integral question, how can I make this about me? Uh, Donovan Mitchell cannot get away from New York City. He scurries to it like a rat. He loves it. And I think that, Cleveland fans really don't like it. And so they have generated this trade talk drama. Donovan Mitchell taking a photo with two younger fans at a Liberty game was asked, Donovan, you come into the nets. What is he supposed to say? You know, what is he supposed to say? Um, yeah. Could I see Donovan going and joining his buddy McHale over in Brooklyn when Cleveland falls through in 25 and they traded Jared Allen for God knows who, and that team still stunk and whatever. Yeah, sure. I can see Donovan going to Brooklyn. I just, is that Brooklyn's big end goal? Mitchell bridges, Cam Johnson, Nick Claxton at the five. I'm uninspired. So, you know, that team doesn't have a number one on it. That team has two of the best number twos in the NBA and Mitchell and Bridges. At that point in a year, two years, there will be the two, two of the best number twos in the NBA. I don't see the number one on that team. So I'm uninspired for Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks. Jacob, I'll tell you this. The last time I checked in because let me tell you something, Jacob, I reported at a Knicks Cavaliers game in the playoffs. That wasn't the first time I saw the Cavaliers this season. I reported at two Nick Cavaliers games at the Garden. I want to say one. I lied. Just one regular season game. And it was the game where the Knicks won, like (laughs) very low scoring, obviously, but they won. And right at the end, Donovan Mitchell tweaked that ankle. And he, before the game, was so buddy buddy with everyone. I reached out to a person or two that knows a thing or two about a thing or two. And I was told, that the relationship between Donovan Mitchell and Leon Rose was not all rosy. No pun, actually very much pun intended. Things were not all rosy between the two. The last time I checked in, whether that is due to the trade talks of the summer before, or something on the back end that we're unaware of. I refuse to speculate. I don't know either of those men personally, and so I ref- I just refuse to gossip about their interpersonal relationships. <laughs> um, whether it's whether if they it's to where they want to play basketball, I'll gossip all the time. But interpersonal relationships, I think I, I'm good on gossiping on and speculating, like purely guessing. But something happened between Donovan Mitchell and Leon Rose, um, and I would presume that it's you know along the lines of what i mentioned earlier but i i just i'm not devoting actual time to like doing guesswork in that direction um because i'm not like tmz underscore nba or whatever uh so let's not do that jacob thank you man appreciate it apjp Hey, APJP throwing up the question from JV, J Vertical. My guy, let's talk. If you replace John Collins the past two seasons with Obi Toppin, what tier of player does Obi Toppin become? Okay. Okay. John Collins is a better shooter from the mid-range than Obi Toppin. Trey gets in the paint, wraps around, down the baseline, line drive. John Collins, deep two. He's got a little jumper from there. He's got a little jumper for sure. Obi Toppin, I think, is the better three-point shooter of the two. Now, here's the difference. I think John Collins is better if you give him the ball on the wing and tell him to get to the paint. John Collins has a better shot of making that happen. I think once he gets there, I trust Obi more um, to either make the right pass or use his ridiculous body control given his height um, and finish at the rim. And so. If you could mix the two players, I think you'd have a really great one. But you got two good players on their own. And and I think Collins has the edge over Obi uh, today because we've seen him do it in so many more minutes. You just have to. Um, But if Obi got his usage over the last two years, was developed with on-court reps, allowed opportunities to screw up and to make mistakes and to still play and be held accountable, but also get a chance to work things out on the court. I think you'd be looking at Obi Toppin as, as someone who would be making $18 million per year on their next extension, where Collins got 25 a couple years back and just had to be salary dumped. I think teams would use that as a precautionary tale, not want to pay Obi in the 20s. I could see him getting that 40a type of money, that 472 you know, that last year, whatever it is, team option. Um, I think Obi would be, as opposed to the 7 to $8 million a year player he's perceived as now, which might be an overshoot, um, I think he'd be seen as worth like 14 to $15 million a year, meaning that an NBA team would cough up 18 Uh So yeah, JV, thanks for the question, man. Appreciate it. Hope you guys are having fun thus far. Bring the heat, bring the questions. Um, I'm here for all of it. Will. Hey, Chris, last time, short time (laughs) killing me. Fun question. I enjoy pondering if there are two new expansion teams in the league and there's a draft and each team can only protect seven players. Who goes top six, a New York Nick. Ooh. Okay. This is nuts. I would need to like make a podcast about this, but that is a fun question and you should enjoy pondering it. The Knicks would protect Brunson. The Knicks would protect Randall. The Knicks would protect Robinson, quickly, Hart, and Grimes. Brunson, Randall, Robinson, quickly Hart Grimes would be the Knicks' 6. And I would like to think that RJ Barrett goes in that that top 6 of that expansion draft. Um, despite coming along with the contracts that lots of Knicks fans don't view as appetizing, there are lots of small market teams out there that would love to have a talent like RJ Barrett who still has room to grow, who's still only 23 years old on a contract that's worth, you know, 25 to 28 million a year on average 28 jeremy's somewhere like biting his lip because he's upset with me for getting that number wrong love you jeremy um but yeah uh, you would think barrett goes um and you would think hartenstein goes to be some teams top center. The Knicks are very deep and that's what makes them a fascinating team to be the center of attention in this question. I do think teams like Boston uh, would have trouble with a guy getting drafted early, maybe a Derek white, if they couldn't protect him. And funnily enough, I think teams would want to get some, maybe some of the guys that the Rockets can't hold on to. Like if the Rockets hold on to Amen Thompson, Jalen green, Jabari Smith, Jr. Tari Eason. That's four. They'll take Cam Whitmore and Sengun. That leaves Usman Garuba, Jaishan Tate, Josh Christopher, and my favorite, Kenyon Martin, Jr. Um, of that group. All for the the plucking away. I would take Kenyon Martin, Jr. for sure. But um, and there's got to be other teams like the Lakers and, and other big market teams that have good depth. But yeah, Thunder probably interesting too at this point because now they'd have to protect SGA, Kaysen, Giddy, J-Dub. Oh my God. Who else would the OKC Thunder keep? Um, maybe Usman Dieng. They're really high on him internally and then I, you want to think, oh my God, Chet Holmgren forgot he existed. Holy moly Chet. Okay. So that would leave Trey man, Isaiah, Joe, Jeremiah, Robinson, Earl, all for the taking over from Oklahoma city. Yeah, this would go. Interestingly, that would be a fun exercise. Will, thanks for the, the questions, man. JP next up. Let's go. Fargo Tufo. What is going on? Thank you for the super chat donation. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I would say thanks for keeping the lights on, but thanks for the contribution to the bacon, egg and cheese fund. Y'all know what that's going towards. Like y'all know it's going to y'all know who is going to wow. Cam Reddish and RFA with a bag. No, one's going to wow him with a bag. No, one's going to wow him with a bag. We are. Well, that ship has sailed. Can I see a team like a Dallas like like a, like some team maybe even a memphis oh maybe some team that could use big wing talent and, and is willing to just take a guy worst case scenario they got to just plug in and play i could see them giving him an offer uh, of one year 8 million and being like hey come come check this out um but but <sighs> It's tough to say. I don't think anyone wows him with the bag. Uh, can't see him getting more than 8 million per season, uh, unless it's very short term, like one year, 12 million to a team that he didn't want to go to, but needed to offer the most money to land him. That's what I could see. Thank you. Fargo Tufo for the super chat and the good question. Again, good questions today, guys. This is fun. I, I love answering the draft questions, but this is like a little mixed bag segment for K Peter. How are we feeling? How you doing? Um yeah, you know, I'm having f- I'm having a good time. I'm having fun. I I am still stuck on that expansion draft. I'm over here in my pencil writing out like t- t- players teams would protect. I don't think anyone surprises Cam Reddish with a bag. The Charlotte Hornets jump off the page for obvious reasons. Um But doubt they're interested. The Utah Jazz, I doubt they're interested. Um, The Detroit Pistons, perhaps. You know, they took on Kevin Knox. You never know. Um, And then also traded him to Portland, where he and Cam Reddish were teammates. Awkward. But yeah, uh, that's the state of affairs for Cam Reddish, who I do not think has much of a market, I think some team will sign him and be glad to do so. Um, but I, I remain unconvinced that I remain unconvinced that we have. Um, how do I put, I remain unconvinced that we have a long list of legitimate Cam Reddish suitors that, that says to me, Hey, Oh, uh, we want you here. We're gonna pay up to get you here. We are going to fight to get you here. I can't see it. Um, So yeah, APJP, I'm ready. Ben Kim Gurvey, my man, with the super chat. How you doing? Which opposing players does Tip salivate over, like he did Hart? (laughs) whose pictures and stats are on his bedroom wall hashtag BEC fund yes sir bacon egg and cheese fund you already know the vibes listen I I, I think Tibbs loves Tobias Harris he's made that clear before Um, that's something we know I can tell you guys, he was interested in swapping Randall for Harris one for one at the start of this next season when he thought they just needed to move off Randall and it wasn't going to work. So for everyone that thinks, you know, Thibodeau doesn't hold Randall accountable and Thibodeau's Randall's biggest fan. Thibodeau wanted Randall shipped out of town on the first Amtrak to Philly. So (laughs) listen, there's a difference between what a coach thinks is the best way to get a player bought in, and how the coach would like to get the player to buy in. Um, Tibbs loves Tobias Harris. Tibbs loves Jimmy Butler. We know he loves Josh Hart. Tibbs likes Kyle Lowry. Um, I'm trying to think of guys like he drafted, you know, he, he loves guys like Jalen Brunson. Um, So he's kind of getting these guys all over to the Knicks now, but You know, Tobias Harris is someone he always thought he always, he's he's always found underrated. Josh Hart, Kyle Lowry, two guys that he likes. Um, You know who Tibbs likes? Jalen Williams on the Oklahoma City Thunder. He pushed for him in the pre-draft process, as did Darren Ehrman, uh, one of the Knicks assistants. Those two pushed for Jalen Williams from Santa Clara in the pre-draft process. Uh and obviously the Knicks traded the pick, so you can guess Thibodeau wasn't too happy about that, but he he was a big fan of Santa Clara's Jalen Williams in that 2022 NBA draft. Um so yeah. As for Western Conference, I'm trying to think. Hmm. You know, He'll always sing the praises of. Here's a funny one for you. I don't think he likes DeJounte Murray very much. And he'll always sing Murray's praises in the most frustrated way. Like as if he's saying, We let this guy crap on us again. I remember one time the Knicks lost to the Hawks after went le- leading by 23 points at one point. They gave it up and uh Hawks came back and won the game. Thibodeau's asked about DeJounte Murray's five steals after the game. And all he just kept saying was he's long. He, you know, DeJounte is He's long. You know, Murray's he's, he's a long player. Um, No credit to his defensive instincts. No credit to his <laughs> ability on that end. Just he's long. He's got long arms in the Knicks through dumb passes. So he stole them. Uh I think that's funny when Thibodeau will kind of like spite a guy just to get at his own team. He's not even trying to. Make that you know, like he's not trying to talk down on the player. He's just trying to make his own team realize what they just did, what they just allowed. Ben, thank you for the contribution to the BEC fund. I might have to expand it, the BEC plus CC fund, because chopped cheese. I might touch the top. I might touch the chopped cheese more often than the bacon egg and cheddar. Like the bacon egg and ched is like a breakfast staple, but the chopped ched any time of day. Any time of day, just lunch or after any time of day, 3am chop cheeser, 2pm chop cheeser, midnight chop cheeser. I like sandwiches. (laughs) Thanks for indulging my craziness guys. Dylan courier. What is up, man? We got another super chat in the house. We got another family member in the house, in the chat, Dylan. What is up, man? Thank you for contributing to the bacon, egg, and cheese fund. Ideal and realistic Knicks offseason for me. Me personally, I think the Knicks are looking at their starting lineup on their team. Jalen Brunson, Quentin Grimes, RJ Barrett, Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson. I think the bench unit, Emmanuel Quickly, Josh Hart, Hart and Stein. And Obi Toppin. Now, Toppin, I have heard that Washington, as in the Wizards, not the state next to the one that Oregon. What am I saying? I'm so unfunny. Um, (laughs) Washington liked Obi a lot. Uh, before their new you know Pobo took over, so we'll see. Well, you know, I don't know what this new front office thinks. I know Washington used to really like Obi, and they loved IQ. Everyone loves IQ. I ever tell you guys at the start of the season, <laughs> the, like, the Knicks hadn't played a game yet, and they had fielded over ten calls from team ten different teams trying to ask for Emmanuel quickly. Timberwolves, Bulls, Clippers, you name it. Clippers signed John Wall because they couldn't get Emmanuel quickly. <laughs> you know? Um the Clippers traded for Bones Highland in the middle of the season because they still couldn't get Emmanuel quickly. Uh teams teams love teams love IQ. Um yeah, I I think if Obi you move to a team like a Washington, that opens up a rotation spot for a, a uh McBridith, McBride, but it would also open up the spot for IQ, Dante DiVincenzo, Josh Hart, Isaiah Hartenstein, bench unit. Um, I don't think the Knicks should trade Obi Toppin now. I do think they will trade him as opposed to extending him. If they are planning on trading him as opposed to extending him, they should trade him now. So that's where I'm at with that. RJ Barrett, I see continuing to improve. You know, I I understand he currently does not hit a lot of the benchmarks this team has for players at his position. I just also think that as the team gets more players that fit that benchmark, they will realize the value of scheme versatility and having different kinds of players that are good at different kinds of things. Um, You know, Jeremy Cohen makes all of the best points about who the Knicks target. And for me, it's just like, but they need a different look. Uh, I would hold on to RJ until you can trade him for someone who will bring defense to the table in the starting lineup. If that means Ananobi this summer, I have warmed up on that idea, but I'm still not in love with it by any extent. If it's Levine, that's a, that's, you know, the offense is the sell. it's a, the defense is, is an, is a no go. Um, so <laughs> it really, I leave it up to you. If you think the Knicks are better off moving RJ for Levine, that's my ideal offseason. It's really just about keeping the fans happy and entertained and excited before the team goes and gets the superstar. That's what they're waiting for. That's what they're building for. And they know it's coming. And that opportunity is going to come. They're going to have the assets to pounce on the first one that they want to. And then from then on, everyone's going to consider them a major player for the superstars. I, I I think that if you think RJ should be around, then the Knicks should keep him around. If you don't think RJ should be around, then the Knicks shouldn't waste their time any longer with him. Um, and they should move on. But I, I really do find it dependent on, on, on how you feel as, as an analyst yourself, because for me personally, I, I just, I've always thought Barrett's going to be good by his fifth year. That would be this next season. Um, this next season might start out and he might not have anywhere close to that all-star caliber impact so maybe this now is the time to move him I really I leave it up to your evaluation of
2: him hey what's up Jonathan Macri here with our good friends at Oakley to tell you why Jalen Brunson's incredible first season in New York was more than meets the eye Is it that Brunson became the first point guard in Knicks history to average at least 24 points a game? Is it that he became just the second player in NBA history to average at least 24.6 assists and under 2.5 turnovers? No and no! It's that he did both of those things all while playing on a below-market contract that will become even more valuable under the new collective bargaining agreement. So yes, we should all be very thankful that the Mavericks had to find out the hard way that Jalen Brunson is more than meets the eye.
0: What's up, Knicks fans? Super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Express your style and build a look that's made just for you. Oakley's changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, train, or just want to look like your favorite athlete? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses allowing for an extension of self and an expression of your personality, with Oakley, there's more than meets the eye. Here at Knicks Film School, our motto is look good, play good and that's why oakley is the perfect partner for us not a one of us leaves the house in the morning without our oakley's and listen up because it's officially almost summer which means you need to upgrade your sunglass game now check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair today also did you know that oakley even offers prism lens technology now i know what you're thinking gmac what the hell is that Well, it's a technology solely used by Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? Head on over to Oakley.com and check it out for yourself. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses. That'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me. Try it for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life, and I can assure you that Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to Oakley.com for more information today.
1: APJP. Well, first, thank you, Dylan, once again, for the great question. Thank you. Um, But APJP, I'm ready. Oh, Fargo Tufo, another super chat, another donation to the Bacon, Egg and Cheese Fund. Let's see what he's got to say. No way. I like Bacon, Egg and Cheese on an Everything Bagel. What is your favorite? Fargo. Question of the century. What is my favorite? Everything Bagel. See, for me, for me... The bagel is an art that must be respected only with select few toppings. Cream cheese. Butter, but I I don't do it. I mean, are you proud of just slathering butter all over your bagel and calling it a day? Is that what you woke up in the morning and decided you were not proud of it? Cream cheese, a little better, a little bit of flavor. Peanut butter and jelly. Oh, yeah. One side of the bagel, peanut butter. The other side of the bagel, jelly. What do you know about that? See, APJP is trying to let me know behind the scenes that butter is better than cream cheese. Any other dish, any other other anything, I agree. But on a bagel, I need my Philadelphia cream cheese. And by that, I mean the brand Philadelphia, not from the city. New York based philadelphia cream cheese (laughs) for my bacon egg and cheese order it's got to be bacon egg and cheese just on a roll just a roll plain roll and you go salt pepper ketchup but you don't stop there you go hot sauce you do it you take the leap of faith you hope that your guy at the bodega doesn't have a heavy hand that day and that he doesn't send you to the bathroom 40 minutes into your Tuesday morning. You take a leap of faith. You say, let me get the hot sauce and put on, lather it on. And you you just, you leave it up to artistic interpretation from there. How they figure it out is how they figure it out. You know, you're eating it no matter what. Keep some milk candy. God bless. Um, a roll, bacon, egg, and cheese, salt, pepper, ketchup, hot sauce. Call it a day for my arteries as well. Call it a day. Thank you, Fargo Tufo. I appreciate you. JJ, what's going on? What is your order of young players you'd want to keep the most? If I were the New York Knicks, I would prioritize the young core in the following fashion. <sighs>
0: Okay. Yes. Yes.
1: Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six. Does six young core players for the New York Knicks sound right? Daniel Vogelback home run, seven nothing Mets. God bless America. Um, does Mitchell Robinson count as a young Knick? He's on a second deal, but he's still pretty young. 25. See, I feel like including RJ in the young player discussions is fair because he's 23. Mitch is 25. Obi Toppin. If, if Obi Toppin, how old is he? 20, 25. So if Obi's 25 and on the rookie deal, Mitch, the year is a month younger than Obi. Not actually. Oof. All right. So I would go number one, Emmanuel Quickly. Number two, RJ Barrett. Number three, Quentin Grimes. Number four, if you count him, Mitchell Robinson. Number four, if you don't count Mitch, Obi Toppin. Number five, Deuce McBride. Number six, Jericho Sims. Number seven, Trevor Keels. If you So that's seven. Quickly, Barrett, Grimes, Robinson, Toppin, McBride, Sims, Keels is your eight. Joe Gubitis would be nine. And I wouldn't take him over Toppin, Robinson, Grimes, Barrett, or Quickly. He wouldn't crack the top five. To rank the eight. Quickly, Barrett, Grimes, Robinson, Toppin, McBride, Sims, Keels, one through eight. Okay. That's the best I can do um, on the spot. Thanks for the questions, though. APJP, cue me up. Fargo Tufo, I love me some Lonzo Ball. Oh, brutal, brutal story. He would have been perfect for this team. Yeah. Um, if they didn't have Quentin Grimes, yeah. Whose game is most Lonzo like that the Knicks can target? Good question. And it's a really hard one. You know, I'm trying to think of draft prospects that I flirted with giving Lonzo ball comps recently. Um, none of them gettable for the Knicks right now. Uh Lonzo is six five with genius passing vision. So hard to replicate that kind of play. If you believe in Colby Jones, too. Um if if you believe in Colby Jones, then yeah, um you know, maybe him down the line. So yeah, other than that. healthy Malcolm Brogdon (laughs) that's the best I got if Malcolm Brogdon were healthy also has injury problems of his own if you are a fan of Lonzo Ball or if you are Lonzo Ball which you're you're then you're not watching this live stream but you get the point I am so sorry that sucks so hard (laughs) it's my professional way of talking about it um you know, I'm someone who, in any sport, could be wrestling, could be UFC. I'll never wish injury on anyone, and it's because ultimately, I like to believe that they're someone doing their dream. What what they as a kid thought was their dream job, and I never want to have that taken away from anyone. Oh, if I ever got my own sports show, and my worst enemy wished that I lost my voice for the rest of my life, and I did like they won. Like they took everything away from me. <laughs> I live to talk sports with you guys and and how social issues weave into it and how agencies and behind the scenes things work and insider scoops and like I love it. I love being part of this family. I I couldn't understand that world. And so for a player like Lonzo Ball to seemingly have their career taken away from them if not entirely then in large portions by health problems i i i feel like crap um it just really sucks i feel really bad for lonzo ball and i wish him the best in his recovery i I know that's not Knicks related but man do i do i feel bad for that kid he's a talent um you know we don't need to redux the the, the conversations uh, when he was you know almost almost not a Nick any further. Just stinks. Sorry to the Ball family and to Lonzo Ball. JPJP, JP, cue me up. Jacob Slavitt with another super chat. The man of the hour. What is going on again? How you doing? Um, People are killing the FO for lack of connections, even though JB, Josh, plus more are friends with them and others in the league. Team building takes time. Yeah, you know, Leon's and and Wesley's connections are going to come into play for the average member of the fan base when they acquire the star. And it's mentioned that the star's connection with Rose and Wesley was integral to the trade happening, at which point Nick fans will go, it was a trade. They didn't have a choice anyway. What does Wesley do? What does Rose do? What do they even do? Um, Nick fans, if you wanted Bradley Beal, William Wesley has been working that back channel for years. And then he did not want the Knicks. And he loves William Wesley. The Knicks have a staffer that's connected with Beals with, with Beale and his family. Beal didn't want the Knicks no matter what. He didn't want to come to New York. He wanted Golden State or Phoenix or Miami. What do those three places have in common? They are all warm and they are all home to championship contenders. Got to be honest with ourselves. You can't be saying, oh, what does William Wesley do for the Knicks? Cause they didn't get Bradley Beal who he's been targeting for years. William Wesley can't move the team to a sunny weather location. Sorry. That's not in his job description. Um, they are networking behind the scenes. Um, and when this team, like I've said for years, when this team gets fully built, I've said this since 2020 to give you a context as to what years means, not just being vague because I don't remember. It was 2020 March so <laughs> when I started saying this, um, when the Knicks do... Get in position where they might actually be ready to add a big star, which I think they will be at this trade deadline, but I don't think they jump at this trade deadline. And I would think next offseason or the offseason after that, the 23 or the 24 offseason, the Knicks make their big splash. The Milwaukee Bucks, the Boston Celtics, the Denver Nuggets, all these teams spent years as perennial second round exits before they made the necessary tweaks to the program that took them to the promised land. Got to have patience. Um, you know, Jeremy Cohen can attest to this as well. The front office knew early on when they got hired it was going to be tough to deal with the New York fan base given the amount of patience that their plan required. But I've got to say, they are aware in their plan they want it to be by now, now. They are honestly a little ahead of it. And so to me, the Knicks are in a great spot. They've got young players. They've got draft picks and surplus. They've got flexible cap space. Cap space is not real in the NBA anymore. If you think that the Knicks are stuck in place, you should go look up other teams in the Eastern conference, look up the draft picks that they have access to. And realize that the Knicks are in a better position than them. If you wanted the stars that were traded recently, God bless. Donovan Mitchell got defeated by the Knicks in the first round. People still complain that the Knicks didn't get him. It it happened in front of you. I don't know what else to say. Kevin Durant hasn't made it out of the second round since 2019. God bless America if you wanted the Knicks to go all in on that guy. Bradley Beal is making $60 U.S. dollars. In the, like the last year of his contract, in the year of our Lord, 2027, or wherever it is. God bless if you wanted that contract. These guys that are getting dealt. Rudy Gobert, did you want that star? Did you want that guy? Did you want to give up three unprotected first for DeJounte Murray? Where are the stars that the Knicks missed out on that are fundamentally negatively affecting the trajectory of the franchise? The franchise is trending up. They're in the best spot they've been in in 10 years, which is a low bar, but they've cleared it. I, I really think that the narrative that that you know, Mark Berman, who I love and, and who I've learned a lot from uh, as a beat reporter, is pushing that there's a fifty year title drought, and the Knicks need to act now. What changed from the last forty nine years that makes this one so imperative? Are we serious? What is it, the anniversary of the last title? now that it's been fifty years? We have a problem with the team building step-by-step, the fan base wanted a legitimately built team for years. They're in the process of having that happen. They don't like that. It's not happening fast enough. I'm not talking about my KFS family. I'm talking about them. And so when you're dealing with them, it's a lot of groupthink. it's a lot of this and that a lot of complaining. You got to hold the faith. You got to stay still and realize that every single time someone has doubted this front office, the thing that they've been doubted for has either worked out well for them. Like, taking on Jalen Brunson or to drafting quickly or Grimes 25th overall or to extending Julius Randle and the whole fan base, you know, was like, oh, great. We got him on a steal. And then uh, he was bad. And, I, you know, Nick fans wanted him out. The front office kept him. Everyone lost their mind. He made all NBA. Okay. Okay. So if if the front office is wrong every time, uh, I'll be wrong every time because their takes are aging a whole lot better than the people who wanted to move Emmanuel quickly than the people who didn't want Jalen Brunson, like myself, like the people who didn't want to, you know, keep quickly or grimes, move them for Mitchell. These are all aging. Great. The New York Knicks are a second round team right now, and they haven't used any of their future draft picks. If you cannot see how clear it is that they are going to use those draft picks when the time comes to take the final step. You know, you probably get really angry at superhero movies from the first hour to the hour and a half mark when the bad guy's winning. Because you can't see it ahead of you, 30 minutes ahead of you what's about to happen. Um Congrats. You got me riled up on a Tuesday evening. Thanks. Love you guys. Next question, APJP, if we got anymore um jacob slavitt with another killer question you guys are the best that was the last super chat i'm going to do a speed run right now on the chat on my phone and just get back to as many of you guys as possible iq better than grimes better than rj better than the rest i would go rj over grimes going forward i know it's a hot take Rokas is way better than Keels. I didn't count Jokubitis because apparently he wasn't even invited to summer league or maybe he will be. And we don't know about it. I just, things are uncertain right now. Um, so yeah. Um, which player on the Knicks outside of Brunson is most likely to be lifting the Larry O'Brien trophy in a Knicks jersey? <sighs> Josh Hart. <sighs> Uh, I think they extend him in August. If he opts in now or they extend him now, uh, if they can't get DiVincenzo or don't want to get DiVincenzo. Um, and I think he sticks around for as long as you know, Brunson's here. And as long as the Knicks are serious about winning. So, uh, I would go with him. I have a question, Darren, who would I like the Knicks to sign other than DiVincenzo? I was a big proponent of Nas Reed. um, You know, I guess Bruce Brown is someone I would like them to sign and then flip at the deadline. Josh Hart does his job, uh, but I would use the cap space. Salary capped out in all caps. Yeah. So there are these things called expiring deals. And then there's this thing that NBA teams can do with each other called trading That um, that will fix that problem for you. Mission accomplished. Jacob, you got it, man. You got it. Hey, Chris. Last time, short time. Will, you will be the final question I answer today. Would you rather be the GM of the Blazers or the Suns for the next five years and you need to contend? Do I need to contend for five years? If so, the Phoenix Suns. If I only need to contend for two or one of those five years, give me the Blazers. I'll trade Damian Lillard right now. Right now trade Damian Lillard right now. And uh, what I would do after that is assemble a young team around Scoot Henderson. I'd start Chris Murray um, and I'd assemble a young team around Scoot Henderson uh, that that grows a- and is able to learn, but probably ends up at the bottom of the standings just as a result of the amount of internal development they were betting on throughout the season to be good. Use another draft pick. Kill another draft for them. Um, and <laughs> hope Rayon repair develops into something. I, I would take the blazers job. Oh, okay. Actual last question I'm taking dirty dancer. Will Evan Fournier be a Nick come training camp got reaction. No. Um, but something tells me that he just is like, he's just sitting on this roster. <laughs> uh, and the Knicks then make a move into the season where they move him with the other players, uh, to go get someone, um, who the salary matches up with. Other than that, I really, I really don't have your guess is as good as mine. I've not heard anything besides what's been reported, which is they're trying to find a deal. Um, thank you guys for your amazing, amazing, amazing questions. Thank you guys so much for being here. If you didn't ask any questions, you're just watching and hanging out Thank you. You're awesome. And I appreciate you being here. If you did ask questions, thank you. You're awesome. I really appreciate you being here. If you send super chats, thank you. Thank you. You are awesome. And I appreciate you being here. If you enjoyed today's Ask Chris, leave a thumbs up on the video. Once it's over, go leave a comment. Be like, this loser low key knows what he's saying, like half the time. But it's okay because he's kind of funny. He's not that funny, but we deal with it. Send something like that. Thank you guys. APJP behind the boards in the back, my guy. Thank you. And I'm going to thank you in front of everyone in case you didn't hear it at the, at the, <laughs> the last draft class. Thank you for producing the draft class podcast. Thank you for producing the dream live show. And thank you for producing today's live Q and a You are appreciated. You are the man, Andrew Claudio. You're listening out there somewhere and you're all eminent knowledge. Thank you, Jeremy Cohen. Thanks for the wonderful handoff before this. Um, and thanks to the New York Mets for getting fired up today and getting some runs to, to, make it to to home plate and actually touch the plate so yeah thank you guys for tuning in i love you all you're much appreciated stay tuned to the Knicks film school social channels for all of our latest see you soon